listening to the Theology of Music podcast, the only podcast where we unpack the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. My name is Pastor Joel. Welcome to the Theology of Music podcast. My name is Pastor Joel, and today I am joined by a very special guest. The Berean Test is a website which contains over 300 reviews of Christian songs and secular songs, and the Berean Test can see upwards of over 7,000 views in a given week. So this is a popular website to go to for critique of Christian songs and secular songs. And Vince Wright is the founder and sole editor there at Brian Test. And I have enjoyed pursuing and perusing some of these articles when I do research for my podcast. And it's been incredibly helpful for me and beneficial for me to just kind of get another person's perspective. And even though Vince and I, when I look at them, we may not always line up. I'm always so blessed to be able to kind of go there and see someone who has the same heart as me for for worship music and, and for worship in the church. And so it's an honor and a privilege to have you on the podcast, Mr. Wright, or should I call you Tasty Wallet? <laughs> well, the honor is mine, Joel. I'm thrilled and glad that you asked me to join you here today. Um, so as uh, as Joel mentioned, I am the founder of The Brian Test. I started this website a couple years ago in January 2018 because I initially thought that there was a lot of crazy stuff out there and uh, I discovered that there is some crazy stuff but actually there's some really good stuff as well and uh, I wanted to contribute something that a lot of other people weren't doing which is to analyze our lyrics and so Mm. I started the website and uh, it seems to be getting a lot of interest and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, man, I love it. One of the things I've always seen in my life uh, as a pastor and even just as someone who's kind of been in the church for a long time is God does bless those who pursue his glory and pursue his glory and righteousness, right? I, I think he does that, and he will always increase the platform of someone who's doing it to honor him and not themselves. And I, I love it. I even just, as we were kind of talking offline, getting to know each other a little bit more, there is a humility about you. It's you, you even joked that you started out kind of as that deconstructionist kind of, you know, wing. Oh, nut. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think all of us do at some point, especially when we see when we see something that we think should change or get better. The, the tendency is to start at, from the negative and then hopefully we'll get softened by the Holy Spirit and by the gospel. And we'll see that it's not all about breaking down, but more often we should be building up. Right. We don't just put off. We put on as well. Uh, and so I just end our conversation before I could tell that you, you're you're a mature man who who just desires the church to, to take a little bit more care, uh, but then also you understand that there's differences of opinions and there's differences of preferences, and so I just think that's a, that that I just want to praise and affirm uh, you and the Berean test and what you've been doing. So I appreciate that, Joel. Thank you very much. Of course. So today we're going to take a look at a song called "Lord Send Revival." by Hillsong Young and Free. Uh, Hillsong Young and Free is an offshoot of Hillsong. And so you've, if you grew up in my generation, you know Hillsong from Hillsong United and Hillsong Live, which Hillsong Live was more of the Sunday morning. Hillsong United was the youth band that ironically went up to 35-year-olds. So that was really funny back in the day. But uh, now you've got things like Hillsong Young and Free, um, which kind of replaced Hillsong United. And so they released this song called Lord Send Revival, it's off one of their latest albums, uh, and it came out in this year, 
and it's written by Matt Crocker and uh, Mr. King, I can't say his first name, and Ben Tan. Um, and one of the cool and funny things just thinking about this year is a lot of people did, they released a lot of songs in the beginning of the year, and when you hear them talk about them, they talk about how, yeah, you know, we, we, we recorded in January, and we were really excited to just see God use this song for this year, uh, and then COVID just threw a wrench into everything, right? And so um, it's just, it's really interesting to kind of see how COVID has actually bolstered some of the songs that people wrote because they really hit uh, the culture in a, in a, in an interesting way. And then some songs just didn't actually pan out because of the, because of COVID. So anyway, so I want to open up the floor to you, Mr. Vince, Mr. Wright, what kind of stuck out to you in the song? What, what did you really gravitate towards when you were looking at the song doing research? That's a great question, Joel. Uh, so one of the things that jumped out at me almost immediately is verse two, uh, which says, Come Holy Spirit, rain down on me, break open the heavens and drench the unseen. Pour out your presence as I pour out your praise. Come Holy Spirit, Lord, have your way. And the reason why this jumped out at me is because a lot of people, when they hear stuff like this, they think, oh, well, this is speaking against the Holy Spirit being everywhere, being a, being omnipresent. Right. And it's it's not so much talking about the Holy Spirit as it's more talking about our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit's leading. So I think about James 4.3 when I think about this particular verse, which talks about uh, how if we don't ask for for things from God, then we're not going to receive it. Yeah. And and so if we, uh, if we don't ask for the Holy Spirit to come rain down on us or to send revival or anything like that, then how can we expect him to do that if we don't ask for it? And yeah. so this, this speaks more to us and how we need to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as I read their story about the song, they kind of released it on this worship night early in January. And um, they they kind of referenced the whole uh, when, when Jesus said, look, there, you'll do greater things than me and, and you'll see greater works. Um, he, they really leaned heavily into that. Um, and so, uh, they, they wanted to pray expectantly. And, um, I think that's something to be really, really clear about because I think in our, in many of the more reformed circles, more kind of staunch circles, you get a lack of expectant prayer because you, you understand that God's sovereign but I mean, I remember praying um, for uh, a friend and his his wife who uh, have just wrestled with trying to get pregnant for so long, and they finally got pregnant, uh, and then um, they lost the child, and then they were praying again, and they had to do some procedures, and they got and then they got pregnant again. And I just remember this time praying when we were praying. I said, "God, I know that you're still good, even if you don't, if even if you take the life of the child." But I, I just pray that you'll you'll be good in this way by by letting this child child have a life outside of the womb in which they can give you glory and which they can come to know you and which they can spread your name and fame. And that was that was I, you don't usually see that kind of expectant prayer saying, God, just God, I, I pray that you would make that happen in your name, that you would give life outside of this womb in a life that's an abundant life. Uh, and but I, th- I think you're completely right, Vince. I just. We do not have if we don't ask, and why don't we ask if not to, if if we don't believe that God can come through, you know? Exactly. It's um, and and as you were speaking, Joel, I um, I was also thinking about how, for those 
individuals who have not experienced something like that, um, how it could be very difficult for someone like that to understand unless they go through it themselves. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I, I think um, I think with this song, though, just from my perspective as as a pastor in music, I think about how I want to be clear with everything that I say. And I, I like how verse one is is a pretty it's a pretty simple kind of foray into the song, right? It's peace like a river wash over me, immerse me in water as deep as the sea. Um, hide me in your love, your your healing embrace, peace like a river wash over me. It's you know, it's 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 actually kind of funny because it you usually think of um, you know, it is well with my soul talks like when sorrows like sea billows roll. Uh, and many times you you see more of a negative connotation with water and water imagery in that way in, in the Bible. But in this one, you get some of this positive language, which I don't think is bad. I, of, I often joke about like wave after wave washing over me. And I'm like, man, I, for anyone who wrestles with the fear of drowning, that would kill them if they're singing that song in the middle of a church service. But um, I do love I do like that. It's it's a song that asks for for peace. Um, and I mean, they, they, Psalm 85, six is in here kind of, you know, will you, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? I think, I think those are prayers you can pray. Um, I, I think this really emulates Psalm 62, eight, which tells us to trust in God at, at all times and to pour out our hearts to him because, because God is our refuge, right? It doesn't just say pour out your hearts to him and you see what happens. It's pour out your hearts to him because God is your refuge. And so, uh, when I when I when I see a song like this, I do appreciate the honesty that they they have when when they um when they when they sing and when they write. Um, did you have anything else? I, I mean, I have other stuff, but did you have anything else before I continue? Yes, I yes. um actually I do. So something that comes to mind to me is possibly Isaiah forty eight eighteen. Uh, it doesn't a hundred percent fit because Isaiah forty eight eighteen is about how Israel, if they had paid attention to the commandments of God, then their well-being would have been like a river and the righteousness would have been like the waves of the sea. And so the, the possibility here that I'm thinking is, is that Hillsong, they've paid attention to, to God's commandments. And now they're, uh, they're asking to reap the benefits of that call that God's given to them, that uh, like in like in verse two, Holy yeah. Spirit can you know wash over. It can it can rain down. It you know the Holy Spirit can um, immerse uh, Hillsong as well as us when we sing it as well uh, in God's love. And there's all kinds of verses in Scripture about the immersion of the Holy Spirit. Uh, like the yeah. word baptizo mm -hmm. shows up all over, uh, and that means immersion. So uh, so I see I see some of that as well. Yeah, I, I think, um, I, though, gosh, you took like a good bit of it, but I, I, I love it. I think uh, it's it's interesting when you look at this song um, because the chorus to me kind of feels a little out of place, um, not in a bad way, just, you know, it's talking about as I worship your majesty, I worship your holy name, Jesus, my everything, all that I am is yours. Um, I get kind of how, uh, so grammatically it flows because you you will kind of you'll ask something at the end of each verse and then you kind of go to you come holy spirit lord have your way as i worship your majesty um it's a little clunky to me but i i get it um but i i wish my my only wish for that is that jesus was a little bit more 
it present kind of in the reality of why I can have peace because Jesus is 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 my everything. Why why can I have peace because Christ Christ paid for the ultimate price, and so therefore I have peace ultimately. But I mean, you don't have to have that. Um, so what about uh what about that bridge though? What about kind of looking into the Lord send revival? Yeah. So I mean, I can I can kind of see how. Hillsong was trying to weave in Psalm 8, 118 into mm-hmm. this, um, which you know, the psalmist requests the gates of righteousness to open it again enter through it. But here it sounds more like a personal experience than it is about the, the righteousness fling wide its gates open so that we can enter. Yeah. This, this sounds to me more like um, sort of like what was in verse 1, verse 2, more language about the experience of the Holy Spirit, which I think is great. I think that's fine, but I think I think that it might possibly take that psalm out of context. Yeah. Try to fit it with the, the verse one and verse two. I, I see where they're going with it. I just don't think that this was the right approach. Yeah. And I and I agree. I think you're spot on. I think also um the the inhabiting uh our praise, right? So you've you've got that in um Pour out your presence, inhabit our praise is bridge one. There's three bridges, by the way, um, which is funny. Or there are four. There's four bridges, but you just do it four times. Anyway, so the inhabit our praise, pour out your presence, inhabit our praise. So one, okay, so I just want to, I'm not knocking them, but I want to make one clarification. So they take that from Psalm 22, 3, which does say, but you are holy and you inhabit the the praises of Israel, right? But what I want to make sh- sure that everyone knows is it's not it's not a um, one-to-one ratio of, excuse me, that every time we sing, God inhabits our praises, right? That's not kind of, it's not that this this verse gives us kind of like a carte blanche to, to sing or even preach or pray um, that that's what happens, that, you know, God, God is able to now take his rightful place in our worship because now we're singing or, or, or anything like that. I, I just, it's, it's not that because there really isn't any new Testament verse teaching that music is, is even a means to make God more than he already is, or even in a way that it's mediating the presence of the Holy spirit. Right. Right. You said, and you've said this, uh, even when we talked offline is it's, it's not that the Holy spirit is now here it's that we're more aware of his presence, right? We're not goading the Holy Spirit into our room now that we're singing. Uh, and it, it seems, though, sometimes that we can feel like we're channeling the the Holy Spirit to come into the room. And so um, I, I want to be careful with that verse um, because while the Lord does delight in, in us praising him and offering right worship, right? Because we see the opposite in Scripture. He does not like our sacrifices when our hearts aren't right, right? You get that in Amos. Um, and so the opposite would be true, that in, instead God would rejoice in, in the right sacrifices and the right worship. And so uh, I, I wanted to point that out because I think that's a trend right now. We were joking about it. That's a trend. Inhabiting our praise is a trend I see in modern worship songs right now, even a song that I really enjoy. And it's just kind of one of those sayings. We, we, we talked about this, how like all these writers kind of pick and choose from each other a little bit. Like, oh, I like that phrase. And they'll throw those in. And I think it's just a very worship ease kind of phrase that's that's kind of made its way into a lot of modern worship songs. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's um so 
there was a book that I read years ago by Greg Kokel called Tactics. And one of the things that he talks about in that book uh, is three questions that he likes to ask. And the very first one is, what do you mean by that? Hmm. And that's the very first question that I thought of when I when I read the inhabit our praise. Well, what mm-hmm. do you what do you mean by inhabiting our praise? What what does that actually look like? And I I I don't actually know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't either. I I, I really don't. <laughs> I don't. I, and I love to ask that. One of my favorite questions to ask is is the the famous question that all parents hate, and it's why. Um, you know, it's why. Why? Why that? Why this? Why that? Uh, so I think that's a great question to ask. What about the Lord? What about God sending a revival, right? And, and sending a move of his spirit and he- heaven breaking out. What, and even just the Holy Spirit covering this land. What do you think about that part of the song? Um, I think it's pretty similar to, um, to what I had said previously about verse 2. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with... Uh, with 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 uh, with bridge two, I, I don't really have much of an issue with it. We just need yeah. to understand that God sending revival. What that usually looks looks like is people responding to God. Yeah, and amen. It's, amen. It's 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 not so much um, God um, really coming out with a whole bunch of fire and flame and and all kinds of flare that we see like in the new testament mm. but it, it's for it's really more give so me those that, flaming tongues i want those yeah yeah i mean i i would love to have flaming tongues that would just be so awesome just to you know just have that fire just sitting above my head <sighs> exactly give me that i would love to have that but i don't think that's what's um going on here i think it's nope. really more just people responding to that and i think if if we were to uh, have this in church. Uh, what what the pastor should do is is they should explain more about what that ta- what you know what that means what that talks about. There's that question again. What do you mean by that? Yeah, amen. So I think I think with that explanation in mind, I would be okay with bridge two. Yeah, I think you just have to like you said you have to phrase it. So the from from the perspective of a worship pastor, if you if you do this song, which I don't think you should, then that's just my opinion, but I don't think you should because there's a lot you have to explain before you do this song. It's kind of me and Waymaker. You know, what does it mean that God is, you know, healing every heart? I mean, he doesn't actually heal every heart every moment of every day. So the if you have to explain a ton of things before you lead this song, typically I wouldn't do it. And so the sending revival you have to, like you said, you have to unpack what what is a revival, what does that look like, and how does that happen? It happens from people understanding who Jesus is, right? It's not, like you said, and it's not looking at the, uh, the music as as anything more than it's in, in its expression. It's an overflow of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit controlling us, and it's because of the Word of Christ at work within us, right? That's Colossians 3.16. I mean, I, Michael Horton uh, who's an author said that vagueness about the object of our praise inevitably leads to making our own praise the object. So praise therefore becomes an end in itself. And we are caught up in our own worship experience rather than in the God whose character and acts are the only proper focus, right? It's not bad to ask for God to send a revival, to change our nation, to change our hearts, but you need to ask him to do that through the means of us growing in our knowledge of him and our, our, our dependence on him and our knowledge of our sin and that people would see their need to be saved. Right. Um, and so I, that's why I would look at that and say, you need to make sure you do that more uh, than just kind of do the song because it, it feels nice, you know? 
Right, exactly. It's um, I I see what you mean by that. It it's it's something that really should be explained somewhere in the song that 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 we're you know it, what I just said earlier about how yeah. how we're just responding to God and and that really should be explained in the lyrics. I agree with you on that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> in a, an episode that's going to be posting this week, I rethink my criteria instead of doing. Crossbow Center, Christ Exalting, Congregationally Friendly as boxes to be checked. It's kind of more of a spectrum, but um, I still m- need to make sure that uh, every song is gospel, is a uh, God honoring, and at least uh, congregationally friendly. When you think of this song, do you think that this song is congregationally friendly? Uh, it's a great question. So I I have had a chance to listen to the song to to hear like the lows and the highs and mm-hmm. and to see how. Uh, how people would sing this, and um, I, I did notice that there were a few spots uh, throughout yeah. the song. It wasn't very much, but it was just a, a few, uh, just a few spots where there was a little bit of a high note. Yeah. Um, and and I I um I I don't know how other other people would would do something like that, but um it, it's not really too high. It's yeah. just a little bit so, so it's a, a little bit of a stretch there. So I think. Um, it could possibly work, but it's it's it is something that that's a little bit of a possible concern. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty singable during the verses and even the chorus. I think that they they they're pretty much an easy one to sing, and I think that in in some way, I don't think it's not God honoring, right? I do think it honors God, um, but I I think it is a little at times man centric. Um, so, but I think it does honor God. It, it has some elements where it honor, honors God. So I would say it does check that box. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I, I think it does. And I, and I, I know that some people, they might have issues with, um, songs that they, 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 they are a little bit man centric, but it's, but it also, it's, it's a request out to God. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's us talking about, um, what we want God to do for us, which is not yeah. necessarily bad in a in a praise and worship song. In, in fact, it, it it's sort of like in the Psalms where yeah, I was thinking where, that. where they're where, where we're inviting God to do something, and and I think that's a a great thing. Yeah, I agree. All right, so the spectrum that I'm kind of putting them on is is it you know so then is it is it Christ exalting? It does it have elements of Christ exalting? It does it have elements of being gospel, you know, centered? Does it have elements of being sanctification, you know, driven? Or is it lament mind or lament driven, sanctification minded? Um, I think it's got elements of Christ exalting, but not a, not a lot. Like Jesus, my everything is literally all they have. Um, and I worship your majesty and worship your holy name. Um, that's about it. So I wouldn't really say it has a lot in that regard. Um, as far as gospel-centered elements, not really a lot, a ton of gospel language in here. Um, and then I even think sanctification-minded, you know, it's obviously it's not lament-driven. Uh, actually, maybe a little bit, but not not saying that everything's terrible, now we need you, but just kind of, it does acknowledge that we need we need him to, to change things around us. Um, so, I don't know, that's kind of my perspective. What, what, what about you? you? You have your own rating, um, so what would you kind of give this song? Yeah, um, for, for those who haven't seen my reviews, um, I actually have four different categories, and I rate them 1 to 10, and um, I, I balance them out by, by doing twice um, um, 40% on, 
on mm-hmm. on Bible, and then the, the rest get twenty percent weight. Yeah. Uh, and then I um, add them up, and that's how I do my scoring. So as far as as far as this, if I were to rate it one to ten on your scale, uh, I would probably say singability is is probably somewhere around the nine. Yeah. Um, I had some concern about the height, but it's not high enough for me to take any more than one point. Yeah. Um, I agree. So as far as uh, Christ exalting, uh, I agree with you. It's it's really more about the Holy Spirit than it is about Jesus, which is not necessarily bad for worship music at home. Yeah, but if, exactly. if we're going to use your criteria, then that I would have to give that more like a, a four or five or something oh. like that. And does that mean you're going to give it a four or five on your website or you're just going to say that? No, you're no, 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 no. My website, it will probably do pretty, pretty well. Oh, okay. Eight, okay. eight nine, somewhere around there. I would wow. Say. So yeah. generous. Yeah, yeah, a little bit generous. Uh, and then, um, what was the third one again? I'm sorry. Uh, does it? What kind of does it have gospel-centered kind of themes in it? Yeah, I, 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 again, I agree with you. I, I don't really see much gospel in here. Gospel is about kingdom right. of God and how we. It doesn't have to it. have that. Yeah. Yeah. It. I mean, songs don't necessarily need it. Um, nope. but yeah, right, there's, there's really not much of anything. So yeah. yeah. So yours are, you've got singability, you've got its uh, accessibility to outsiders, and then you've got two more. Uh, it's, is it, how scriptural is it, right? And then your fourth one is... Um, Glorifying God. Yeah. So what about for you? With You said it's, it's singability is pretty good. And then, yeah. Bi- Bible is, is pretty good. Uh, outsiders, yeah. um, now unless they understand some of the stuff, which ex- this is primarily about personal experience which i have no expectation of unbelievers to understand just about any of this it it would not do well at all for outsider tests especially that the revival part and spirit breaking out and heaven's opening yeah i would i would would have no idea if i was an outsider and never heard those language i'd be really scared i'd probably give it a couple points only because it's positive and uplifting but other than that yeah that would be it too it would get a two it would get a two Wow, tasty wallet coming in with a, a harsh rating in there. All right, what about God honoring? What would you put for your your criteria? Uh, probably about around the same as the Bible. I'd probably give it about an eight. Yes. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. So, Mr. Berean Test, Mr. Vince Wright, where can people find you online? You could find me at thebereantest.com. Awesome. Is there any other? Do, can they follow you on social media? Do you have, do you guys have any, do you have anything like that, or is it just the website? Uh, I do have a Facebook page. I don't really do much with it. Sometimes I look to see what people respond um, on there, yeah. but I, I I'm not much of a social media person because I I think most of it is a um, bunch of garbage. Um, You're not wrong. Yeah. It. I mean, it's it is what it is. So um, I yeah. I do look at them occasionally. Um, but yeah, if if you're gonna contact me, definitely briantest.com. Okay, sweet. And is is there a web is there an email that they can if they ever have any song ideas, they can email you at? There's a there's a form that's available on the website that um, that they can use to um, awesome. make their song requests or if they just if you guys just want to contact me. Yeah. So, Mr. Wright, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I really appreciate your your input, and I even just love that you and I were not to the same person and even how we look at a song or even our criteria is different because our focus is a little different. So, and I've, I love that. I love that we've kind of played off of each other in that way, but also 
been able to separate in parts and it not be disunifying. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, man. Thank you for being on this podcast. I'm honored. Thank you for having me. Oh man. Thank you so much. All right, guys, if you ever have any song selection ideas for myself, any critique or comments or questions, just send them to my email at theology and music at gmail.com. But with that, you guys have a wonderful day and a wonderful Lord's day. See ya.